All right, and welcome back to Social Biology. I'm your co-host, Jeremy. And I am Morgan. And Morgan, I wanted to ask you a question right off the bat. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> I love your questions. All right, it's, it's not directly to do with the topic, but um, <laughs> it, it's a personal thing that happened to me just hours ago. Oh, okay. It's not, I mean, nothing crazy. So I, I, I just got a text from a coworker. Uh-huh. And this coworker, I they moved to the day shift a few uh-huh. months ago, and so I used to work with them really closely. But I never hung out with them outside of work. But uh-huh. I knew them fairly very well, like just working. So with them. A, a work buddy, uh huh. Yeah, a work buddy, a work person. Um, and this oh, person, not even a buddy. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we okay. Got, Sorry, we we were like polite to each other. We got along really well. We talked, but. Uh, uh-huh. Let's just say we I they, we I wouldn't say we were like close friends. We were probably friends, but not close friends. You know that kind uh-huh. of thing. yeah. And they text me, and they're like, "Hey, what's your address?" Uh, and so, well, how would you respond <laughs> to that? <laughs> uh, I'd be like, "Sorry, wrong number." Like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I would You'd just probably bail out, <laughs> fake it forever. Uh, how how often are you going to see this person? So I don't see them anymore uh-huh. because of the schedule change. But and is there a chance in the future? Um, I I don't know. Have you have you gone through the reasonings of why this person might want your address? Okay, exactly. So this was my Cause, my cause, yeah. If if I was to ask somebody <laughs> for their address, I'd be like, "Hey, what's your address? I have a letter to send." I I exactly. wouldn't just be like, "Tell me your address." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah. and just so you know, this is someone I have talked to about on this podcast before, so it's not like uh oh, complete stranger. You cut out on the important part. You cut out on the important part. This is someone who what? Oh, this is someone who I've talked about on this on the podcast before. Um, oh, okay, okay. So uh-huh. think of the. I, I, there's a few times I mentioned coworkers. So this exactly. I thought now this is exactly on par for this person. This person. Likes to kind, I'm gonna say, kind of like break hmm. social norms just to see what uh-huh. happens, intentionally or unintentionally. I think intentionally. Okay, I'm trying to think about people that you've talked to me about from your work, and only one person comes to mind. It's probably but, that okay, person. If, okay, yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to be more specific than that, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, it's probably that person. I only, I only think I talked to about one coworker. So it's not like someone I like. I hate. I'm like oh, this person. I dislike. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, no. but it's also like. I there were plans to hang out with them and a, a, a few other people, but like those plans fell through. So it wasn't like I never wanted to see them. Like I'm I'm on good terms. Maybe it's, it's not the person I'm thinking. Okay, keep going. And so it's it, uh, like, and this this text uh, kind of woke me up because they're on they're on day shift and and I guess they knew I was on night shift, and so they texted me like late in the in the evening or in the afternoon. Uh huh. Um, and so I was thinking there, like, well, like the same kind of calculations you're making, like what possible reasons could this person have? Because uh, they live, I wouldn't say nearby, they live like maybe a 20 minute drive away, maybe 15. That's nearby. I mean, it's, that's near enough to be sketchy. In the grand scheme of things, you're right. I think in, yeah. in a state that uh-huh. we live in, that seems to be like, oh, that's quite a distance. But in most places, that's like your next door neighbor, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right close. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I, I literally wrestled with myself, like if I asked them why, that could be seen <laughs> as rude, right? Although yeah. the the rude thing that they first did was to ask me, like you said, without telling me why they were asking me for my yeah. Address. There's no context. There's no context, and I have like yeah. I haven't spoken to this person in a few months, and it not because I was avoiding them, just because like you have nothing to talk about. Uh-huh. So it wasn't like I was texting them yesterday, like, hey, what's up? And so this just kind of came out of the blue. And this person, like I said, is a little unpredictable socially. Not uh-huh. not horribly so, but just a little bit. So I, I did have reason to be concerned. So I, <laughs> I, so basically I answered saying... You're making me nervous. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I basically answered saying like, hey, like I assume there's a really good reason for the asking you asking me this. Oh, you, know? you said that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And so, and after like a minute, um, I just thought maybe that was 
because with text, it's hard to kind of discern tone. It, it, that, that's what I was going to say. It's hard, very hard to read somebody through text. And, so, yeah. and it's hard because for me, I text like I would speak. And so sometimes I make assumptions about how someone would take that text. Would read it. Uh-huh. Exactly. And so I'm like, oh, maybe I, I... And so I added a second text a minute before... I mean, after I wrote it, before they, they read the first one. And I said, like, like a cookie or something. You know, like something a little lighthearted, sprinkled yeah. a little maybe joke in there uh-huh and they replied it's like oh i have a good reason and it was like an emoji of a like a laughing face like do you want me to tell you <laughs> what what is now i'm very nervous <laughs> exactly i was like oh please. wait how like, how quickly are these texts coming in like from when she first texts you to you she i i'm assuming it's a girl i shouldn't assume but yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, but this yeah, person okay. is also married and with child, so it's not like <laughs> okay. That, okay, that's exactly <laughs> who I thought it was. But then when you when you say like, oh, yeah, okay, you, wait, so, you're anticipating a no, romantic I, I was fling? not anticipating oh, okay. any kind of okay. that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, I get that, but you never know when a coworker snaps and wants to hunt down other coworkers. Exactly, and I was yeah. like, like <laughs> this person could potentially become violent, and even though they are mm-hmm. small, I you never know. Uh, so I so without so basically they sent the first text, let's say at five p.m., uh-huh. and I replied like at five thirty, and their reply came like at five thirty-five. You know, okay, uh huh. So not instantaneous, but not instantaneous. Yeah. But I think they were possibly driving or they were busy. Like it wasn't like they read it because I have like the tags on my phone that said that someone has read something, uh-huh. and it didn't say read until like a few minutes later. So I don't think they okay. were mulling over that my response, yeah. waiting for you. Uh-huh. But when, but when I got the response, I was awake, and so I, I responded pretty quickly. And so when they asked, "Do um, do I have to?" I said, "Yes, please." Like. <laughs> And again, and with the exclamation mark. So I, I uh-huh. again, I'm trying to be lighthearted, like kind of being like, "Oh, hey, I'm Ooh, not trying that to be could have come off as aggressive." Uh, exactly. You're, you never you're now know. yelling at them. Yes, uh, please. Well, yeah. well uh-huh. <laughs> I think I think exclamation points, at least in text, they tend to make things a little more. I think they tend to make things a little more lighthearted. You know, if I say like "hello" huh. and I had an exclamation mark, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just saying. You know, in a friendly matter, hi there. But if I just said hello, like with no with no punctuation, I think that's a oh, that's funny because I would have read it as hello, pay attention to me, you <laughs> doofus. Like I guess the context is different. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's, that's how I read your texts. Oh, but shoot, okay. Maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, keep going. So, uh, and then they said, oh, and they told me the event. I'm not going to say the event, but it was something like a, a casual get together with. A few other people at their place. So is and it the, an invitation? Yeah, it was like I'm going to send you an invitation of some sort, and I'm like, okay, not that's a, great. Not a mysterious package. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing yeah. I wanted. To, I wanted to. The two things on top of my list I want to avoid is one, a surprise visit. Like I did. Yes, <laughs> that that is number one, definitely. I am even hesitant to give my address out to family members, like. <laughs> Not my parents or my siblings, but like if my cousins, who I'm very close with my cousins, ask for my address, even then I'd be hesitant to say, mm, why are you in the area? Like, I yeah, don't no, want, no, I get you. I don't want you to drop by. And two, and like <laughs> you just said, I didn't want a package. I didn't want like, here's a uh-huh. box. I'm like, shit. Like, <laughs> what is this box? Like, <laughs> yeah. And so since it was just an invitation, I gave him and I'm like, oh, I'd be glad. I'd be glad to go to this event and. Blah, blah Anyway, so yeah, that was just a small, I wouldn't say crisis, but it was a moment of how do I respond to someone just ask, asking me where I live? But that is, that is very weird, especially someone that you're not close with or would under know what they're doing to not provide that context. That's detrimental. Exactly. And I, I feel, mean, again, yeah. it was done intentionally. Like they, like a test? I don't know. Whatever. Um that's yeah. weird. It's not like it's some surprise event or something. No. Right? That's yeah, super it's, weird. And it's something I, I anticipated. Um, I wouldn't have assumed I was invited, but I'm, I, you know, I'm glad to be in that little circle, I guess. But I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start Just sending people, people hey, for their address. what's your address? And <laughs> not saying why. And they say why. And I'm like, because... Like, <laughs> yeah. Say that. Do I have to tell yeah, you? Do I have to tell you? Yeah, 
don't worry, I'll get it some other way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You can't hide forever, Kevin. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> freaky. That's funny. Okay, I was I was just being sure that I wasn't breaking any kind of coworker etiquette. I'm like, yeah. Is it weird as no. so I don't want people to know where I live, like or whatever? No, I so. don't I don't think that's weird at all. You never know the intentions of people, especially I, I thought that was super weird. Somebody that's hiding the context of the reason why they want your address. Then again, anybody could say anything. Oh, we want to send you a letter. And it's, it's like, true. oh, yeah. I'm actually going to come kill you. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, they really they, wanted to. They could to, say they could anything. Yeah. But, um, but no, but that I is think, super weird. Yeah, I think it's mostly, it's not the fact that, like, oh, this person knows where I live. They're going to come murder me. Uh, one, <laughs> I dare them to try. Two, I think that. <laughs> I accept the challenge. Let's, let's I, yeah, just exactly. say our addresses right now and see what happens. Yeah, right. Nah, let's just yeah. go ahead. Uh, uh-huh. And But I think it's the most, the thing that bothers me the most is like the social courtesy of not letting someone know. If not within the first message, like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Can I have your address for an invitation? And two, when I ask what for, they're like, mm, do I have to tell you? Like that just that that is so weird. That second thing <laughs> that, really got me. So that is bizarre. Well, the first one got me. The second one was like, whoa, <laughs> Three, wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Extra cautious. Yeah. This is taking way too many messages. Yeah, and I don't want to offend this person or never in any way. You never know when someone can be of use and therefore yeah. you should keep them in the, in your good graces. So and yeah that's how yeah that's how i see people i don't know no that's really honestly that yeah. <laughs> uh, when i when i left my job that i had for so long there were a lot of people i really I, I honestly was disgusted with but i never said anything bad to them because one day in the future they could prove useful and one day one of them did and so i'm glad i did kind of maintain that facade of, of amicability so that's pretty funny. So that means after 18 months of silence, you texted me to do this podcast because uh, I became useful. No, Morgan, you're special. I wouldn't miss you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sure. <laughs> um, but no, man, that's super weird. I probably would not have given the address, especially after the second message. Yeah. Again, it's, it all comes down to context. Like I knew this person. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I generally I'm I'm very much I would agree. So. I think it's also like working with someone, even though you may not see them directly, it always affects your work environment. Like because by indirect contact, you could have problems with that person and or awkwardness. So mm-hmm. I'm always yeah, I try really exactly. hard not to bring weird things into my workplace. So there you go. Yeah, that's that's an important place not to bring awkwardness or contention. Um, I. I recently got a new phone, and I didn't oh. know that read receipts were a thing for text. Oh, really? Like, it says that you read it. Uh-huh. So, it's dangerous. freaking, these people texted me and was like, hey, we just we just heard your wife had her baby. We want to drop by a little treat. Uh, we want to come by today. And I read it, and I'm like, oh, hell no. I don't want to <laughs> see you. I don't want to see you at all. So, like, I just put it back in my pocket. Come to find out, their spouse texted my wife, and she's like, oh, yeah, come over. And I'm like, oh, fuck no. And so they get there, and they're like, I I was like, oh, hey, I wondered if that was you. I got a notice. uh, Someone sent me a text, but I haven't read it. And they're like, oh, uh, it says you did. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't think I did. Oh, darn phone. It must be opening my messages. And then they're there. And then they're here at my house for an hour and a half, and my afternoon is wasted. But no, I I, I hate it. I okay. I did not know that. Yeah, let me, phones let me give now you a tip. Re- read receipts. You can turn that off. In I know. I figured that oh, okay. out after <laughs> after that. It it was funny because I only had the phone for like three or four days, and I didn't know it was an automatic thing, and mm. so I specifically went into a few contacts and hit. Yes, do not do read receipts. A lot of the times I open texts or I leave them unread so I remember to look at them later. Mostly like work-related stuff. Like if someone texts me at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, it's like, I'm home now. Uh, I'll look at it in the morning. And then people freak out and they start like, did you get my text? Did you get my text? It's like, 
in this day and age where 99.999% of messages are received, yes, I got your text. I'm not opening it yet. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, no, I feel like it's good to have in certain situations because it's it's always like a question like, did you, not only did you receive it, like I think electronically the reliability of getting a message is a lot better now. I remember when I was really young, when I first saw my first cell phone, there was always a, a small chance a text wouldn't go through, like a one or 2% chance maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, but now I, I almost never have had that experience. I hadn't come really late, uh, but not never, or maybe not, yeah. not too many times it was never. Do you remember um, back when you had to buy minutes? No, I don't. Oh my <laughs> gosh. My my first phone, I had to have minutes and people would text me and it would take a third of a minute. Like it would deduct Receiving 20 seconds. Receiving a text? Yes. And so my cousin all the time would text me, okay, hi. Like, and I would open oh. them and it would be deducting my usage. It would it would make me so mad. Sorry, little I, tangent, but keep keep going. Yeah, was it, well, I think I had minutes, but I think that I had unlimited minutes when I received messages. It might have been. Uh-huh. I didn't get my cell phone until I think junior year of high school. I think I got my first cell phone. So maybe I was my, my older brother was aware of minutes. And it was a weird thing where you're like, oh, yeah, after 6 p.m. on these days, it's unlimited for free. I'm like, that's crazy that we used to. Do <laughs> that's so like weird. That. Yeah, it that's so really weird. weird. But now, yeah, no one even. Now it's funny because phone plans are like unlimited talk and text messages. I'm like, that's it's like that. That's a thing. That's every yeah. Like everyone that's like has a car that. saying that's not. A, it's like a car saying like we got airbags and seatbelts, right? Like it's, <laughs> yeah. It's like I run on gas. Like <laughs> come on, man. The headlights work. <laughs> yeah, I have a steering wheel. I have a steering wheel. Like, goes left and right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all so, legal things yeah. functioning, even blinkers. All but legal like, things. Like, the bare minimum requirements have been met. Yeah. Street legal. Uh, it, it, it's really funny to think about and think about some of the things that were advertised at one point. Um, I remember when like Blackberries were like the cool thing that was going to change oh, the world. Yeah. And you're looking back on it, the little tiny buttons, it's like, fuck this, dude. Like, I... It's so weird how things just take leaps and bounds above what was the next generation thing. And I think that honestly, the BlackBerry would have been the future of phones had it not been for touchscreens. Because oh, yeah. my father had a BlackBerry um, and he loved it. And like I, my, my first cell phone was like a, a flip out phone that had a keyboard on it. And I loved that thing like crazy. It was amazing. Uh-huh. I, I still kind of miss it sometimes. Like a little <laughs> razor. Uh, I forget what it was. I think it was like I think a, it was I had sprint. a katana, like a a yeah. katana. That's the name of the. I phone. think it was called the katana. It was like I think it was Sprint. I think it was the Sprint cheap version of a razor, oh. and it was a I, flip phone and super thin. Yeah, mine. I never had to text with using the number pad, so I never even learned that. I always had the keyboard, which is nice. So oh, that is nice. I did enjoy that, um, but like my, I remember when in 2008 when uh, Barack Obama was uh, elected president, he had a BlackBerry as a, because he was a senator or just because he had one. And they the Secret Service said, "Hey, you can't have that anymore. We we give you your own special president phone." And he, I don't think he was upset. He was just like, "Oh, like that's really sad. Like I love my BlackBerry." Like, <laughs> oh man, was it like a downgrade? <laughs> I don't know what like it was. Move him from a BlackBerry to a freaking uh, roto phone. I think I think he just had a normal cell phone. I think it's because they the president has to have a certain level of like security in his devices, and for yeah, whatever reason, uh-huh. either unless he had to switch his BlackBerry or he just couldn't. Maybe that model wasn't supported. I don't know. I don't think that's a problem now, uh, uh-huh. because I think he was like the first president elected that was in the cell phone aid era, you know, because before him uh-huh. was George W. Bush. And he was like the year 2000. So he probably didn't need a cell phone in his pocket. Like it wasn't a normal thing for everyone to have a cell phone at that time. But 2008 was definitely cell phone time. Everyone Exactly. Exactly. That's pretty funny to think about. Yeah, I, I don't think now. Like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. And I think it sold on eBay for charity for like a few thousand dollars. Like it was a, I remember it being oh, really? kind of a big deal. <laughs> That's pretty Something funny. Something like that. I don't know. But. Pretty funny. This was on, on Obama's face. <laughs> like yeah. it's like the centerpiece, a talking point, a talking point when someone comes over to your house. It's Obama's phone. See that little shift button that's all worn away? That's that's the shift button he used over you and over s- again. You want to see an Obama dick pic? 
Sorry, that I went too oh far. Gosh. I went too far. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know. Did Blackberries have cameras? I think they did. They must have. Uh, all right. So that I was, mean, that all was cameras on ca- on phones there were so shitty. Like, yeah. Oh, they I were awful. I took, I took a picture of my cat with my 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 phone one time, and it looked beautiful because you know she's my adorable little cat. But like the quality was like four pixels, right? And it was like, eh, like it's just kind of <laughs> yeah. a blob. Yeah. I, I didn't anyway. know there was something worse than 180p. <laughs> I, <laughs> no. Is there anything better than 180p? <laughs> what do you I know mean? There's like 4K televisions and things like that. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a big like do you resolution mean guy. What did you What did you say? I said 180. I don't even know if 180. Oh, is a thing. Uh, yeah, 180 is meant... like one tenth of 1080. Uh, yeah, I thought you said 180. Yeah. I thought like because there's 140. I thought you meant 1080. Or because... maybe it was 140. Yeah, no. <laughs> because no. 1080. Yeah, I don't know. But Anyways. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes in. Let's go into the, uh, the the topic for today. So let's do it. Let's delve in to the biology got aspect. The, got the social side away. <laughs> Yeah, let's get out of here. That's like the, yeah. the that's like the extra stuff you don't want to eat. I don't know. I don't know Nobody what I'm trying to say. There's a reference it. for something the the leavens. I don't know to trim the fat. Uh-huh. Just, yeah, the trim the yeah, fat. exactly. So again, let me start off with a question to you. Uh, oh <laughs> man, I was nervous. The first one was a pop quiz, and it turned out to be fun. This one's not going to be fun. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. So uh, we talked about DNA. So you have DNA. You have Morgan DNA uh-huh. that makes you Morgan. Uh, and your wife has wife wife DNA that makes her wife. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I don't want to say her name for privacy's sake. I don't. I, just so people okay. in the uh, don't judge Morgan me. Wife. I don't refer to people as someone's wife or you know someone's husband. I yeah. say them by their name. Morgana. Uh huh. Yeah. Just just for privacy's sake. So you have your own. Everyone has their own genes. So and you, since you just recently became a father, mm-hmm. when you have a child, that child is. A combination of DNA from you and your partner. Uh-huh. Uh, so when you have, in theory, uh, let's say if you had the second child, why is it that that child isn't the same as your first child? Since you only have one set of DNA to give and your wife only has one set of DNA to give, why is it that when you mix it, it comes out different every time? Well, I don't know. First thing that comes to my head, I'd, I'd imagine that it's just a uh, no idea. I, I was trying to come up with something good and was like, uh, 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 uh. no, uh, <laughs> not sure off the top of my head. I actually recently had a discussion because somebody mentioned like, oh, twins are 99% identical in DNA. And I'm like, no, they're not. And like they went on for 20 minutes talking about how they're 99% identical. I'm like, dude, it, it, it no, they're not. And they're like, look it up. And I look it up and it's like, oh, twins are about 50% identical in DNA. And like, they're like, see, that's, that's basically what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, you're such a moron. But no, I, I don't know why it uh, wouldn't be wait, the same are, set. Are you talking about identical twins or fraternal twins? Those are very different. Yes, they are very different. Um, I'm thinking it was, Oh man, now I don't remember which one the the topic or the conversation was. I think it was identical twins are about fifty okay. percent uh, the same because fraternal twins that's completely different, right? Or do I have it backwards? Fraternal twins are when the the mother, for whatever reason, it happens fairly often, releases two eggs or more, and they get fertilized, and so it's as if they're siblings, but they're just born at the same time. Uh-huh. Uh, they're in identi- no way identical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're not. Uh, ident- and they could even be a d- different genders. Um, when, you know, yeah. That's when you get like, I'm a twin and my twin is my sister or my brother or whatever. Yeah. And identical twins is when you have an ovum. And again, for whatever reason, it decides to split into two identical halves. And those two individual halves grow up to be two people. So what percentage of identical twins are identical in DNA? A hundred percent. It is 100%. Okay, so it was fraternal twins that we were talking about. Yeah, identical twins are, they even have the same fingerprints. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, again, I would talk about epigenetics. As they grow up, they'll have distinct differences because their DNA does eventually become affected by your lifestyle and things like that. By outside external forces. Yeah. Yeah, external forces. um, So, anyway, yeah. So, but no, so mother, father to child, I am not sure. Exactly. 
Um, and um, <laughs> exactly, you don't know exactly, anything. Morgan. Yeah, You're exactly right. So, yeah. <laughs> so this was a question before we even knew what DNA was, because before we even knew how genes were, even DNA existed or how genes were transferred, people always thought like, yeah, like your kid, it kind of looks like you. Uh, and it kind of maybe looks like your wife, but it doesn't quite look like either of you. Some uh-huh. Usually. Sometimes kids come out looking exactly like their father or their mother, and it's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. And Or you have things that certain genetic traits that skip a generation, which has been known to happen, where like you and your spouse don't have, let's say, curly hair. Uh, but one of your grandparents do, and even though you either you don't, your child does. And so it's like, well, what's going on? How can my child have curly hair? If neither my spouse and I have curly hair, like how if we have the same DNA, I have my DNA, she has her DNA. How can the, our her my child's DNA have curly hair? So mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. And so one of the most fascinating things about uh, hereditary traits and how things get passed on is that you, Morgan, you have your DNA, um, and you have two copies of each chromosome. You got one copy from your mother and you got one copy from your father mm-hmm. um especially from your father because you also got a y chromosome which makes you male um, uh-huh. so that definitely distincts it but since you have two copies there's some redundancy and so whenever a, a, an egg is uh, fertilized it gets again like two copies of each gene and each person has this kind of if you can imagine two parallel lines vertically and there are they basically they're they're different once from your mother once from your father they have uh-huh. the same genes on them but they're just different types of those genes each person kind of randomly goes down and either going left or right it kind of selects genes from each side okay but it's not symmetrical uh, uh-huh. so if you get gene a from your father you're going to disable gene a from your mother and uh-huh. you go down a few steps. If you get gene D from your mother, you don't get that gene D from your father. Like, you know, okay. so it kind of switchboards back and forth. Mm-hmm. No real uh, pattern to it. Just one deactivates the other. Uh, yeah. So in simplest term, yes. In reality, there are patterns. There are things that like to stick together. And it's uh-huh. way more complicated than that. Okay. But in general, <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> In general, that's how it works. And so even though you, Morgan, have both your parents' DNA, you are like a weird amalgamation of them both on set to random, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you make gametes, which is the stuff that goes on to make uh, your children, it is pooling from not only your activated genes, but also your inactivated genes. Oh, okay. What, so that those random combinations can kind of it does it doesn't mean that you even have to have expressed those genes. You, your children can have genes that came from you, but you don't even have it came from mm-hmm. your lineage. Okay, interesting. And the same thing goes with your wife. Uh, uh-huh. She has genes from both her parents. Um, now there are some clarifications. Like in some, in most people, both genes do play a role. Um, so, for example, for like sickle cell, sickle cell anemia is a, uh, a disorder where your red blood cells don't form quite right. Uh-huh. And it's a recessive gene. So you have two copies, you have sickle cell. But if you have one copy, you kind of have like half sickle cell. Like some of your cells are weird, but most of them are okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and so in that place, you have like both genes are kind of being expressed. Even though you do have a normal dominant gene, the recessive one still plays a role. Okay. So, so again, like I said, it's, it's a little more complicated than just on or off. Yeah, than on and off. Exactly. But for the most part, that's how it works. Uh, okay. So yeah. So basically, that's how that's how why you can have two or three or four, even like 10 children and no two are alike, even though technically you and your wife have a set DNA. So you're saying my baby, if, if we put his DNA on a parallel line and gene A, say, is the angry gene, he, <laughs> yes. he got, he, mine is turned off. And my wife's is on because when he's angry, he looks exactly like her. But, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. No, I get it. I yeah, again, it very simplified, but yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, um, I get it. Which is why you know, your child, I don't know, does like could have red hair, even though you, uh, your wife doesn't, or maybe it has, it has a hair color. That's like a weird mix of both of your hair, which does tend to happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, yeah, like, again, genes that skip a generation or, like, you don't have it. Your wife doesn't have it. But for some terrible reason, your child has it and has to bear with it. So, 
bear with like, being ginger. Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> yeah. No, uh-huh. no, no. I was uh, I like a defect, but that uh-huh. also applies. A defect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, being ginger. Exactly. <clears throat> being ginger. Um, certain genes are more prone to be, to come from like these very old sources. Um, and some genes are very prone to be really new. Like they, they've recently come from your immediate parents. Like for example, your uh-huh. immune system a lot of genes that come uh, code for your immune system come directly from both of your parents. Um, oh, okay. It's uh, like your long, old-term, old, you know, genes generally don't uh, meddle with immunity because you're not getting immune to diseases that your great-grandmother had. You're getting immunity mostly from your direct mother, usually. Uh-huh. And certain genes, they, 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 they get passed on forever, like uh, especially like ones with detrimental effects and they're recessive. You might have this in your... In your gene pool for generations and it never goes away because it just stuck around okay interesting i've always wondered about that and that's pretty unique for that normally that's either you have it or you don't or you can carry recessive gene but then your partner has to have it too just in in case yeah to pass it on Uh uh-huh to pass it on uh, and but yeah which is really interesting because uh sometimes you can get some really old um traits that you you don't have like for example one of my favorite stories of this is in South Africa and this was a few decades ago back when they still had apartheid which was kind of crazy to think about mm-hmm. um, uh, they there was these two white parents and they had a child and their child came out like really really dark skinned you know like it it Uh-oh. looked like a, it looked like a black baby <laughs> and in the beginning they were like hey you know did did the mother like cheat on someone or whatever? But they did DNA tests, and it turns out that both of the parents had uh, some, uh, you know, African in their in their lineage. And at random chance, they both happened to express it in one child. Oh, and I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, no, no, okay, yeah. And so. and of course, like, yeah, they were really skeptical, but like, that's how it was. Like, it was just uh, the DNA said, like, yeah, this is both of your kids, like. This isn't some like your the mother's and some other person's kid like this. Uh-huh. Is both yeah, and um, they tried to get their kid to go to a white school because they're like, hey, this is like she has white parents, like she's white, but she she definitely looked black. Like that was the thing. Like, she looked a hundred percent like she was. Uh, and there was a school was like, hey, she can't come here. She's not white. And they're like, hell yeah, she's white. Like she has white parents. Like what are you talking <laughs> oh about? Gosh. And so uh-huh. it was it was like a big court battle. I'm not too sure how it ended. I'm pretty sure it was one that was like one of the. Um, one of the moving blocks to get, you know, apartheid kind of taken down in South Africa. Uh-huh. So, but that can totally happen. Um, and it's happened a few times in the United States as well. Uh, there have been not many, but there have been a few people who they've had children and the DNA test came back and said, you know what, this isn't your child. The DNA test so that you barely show, share any genetic material, even though you're like the mother, right? So like, you know, this is your baby. Uh-huh. And even though, yeah, they kind of they have a birthmark that looks just like your birthmark, so you kind of know it's your child. Uh, but for some reason, the DNA that she inherited uh, was almost exclusively not the ones that you're expressing. That's so. weird. That's super interesting. It's happened so, before, and it's 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 really uh, tragic because in, normally when that happens, is because you're trying to prove. Like you don't normally take a DNA test with your child unless you're trying to prove that you're that child's parent and it ends up like, Oh shit, that kind of backfired. Uh, yeah. Because of random chance it proves, it says I'm not like, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I was going to say the only other thing I'd worry about is a hospital switch. Exactly. But- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which has happened, which is really kind of crazy, but yeah, it's scary. It is scary to think about, but that's why we marked our baby with a Sharpie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. No. Did you? No, no, we didn't. Why they, not? They, they threw a tag on him immediately. They threw a tag. Yeah. yeah. They they brand they branded him. You know. They marked him. Get the, the Morgan so. family seal, right? They just yeah. Gotta... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like cattle. Big old M on his forehead. So. <laughs> on the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is my property. His mind. He shall yeah. do my bidding. Uh huh. Uh, but yeah, I just find it really interesting how like you, there's a system that works where you can have children and they're not like clones of you. You know, I think that's a really yeah interesting way that works because in most like, of course, life is pretty common in the, in, on earth, 
But if you exclude life, most things don't really have that thing. Like normally if you mix A and B together, you'll get the same result every time. Uh-huh. Uh, but in this instance, you get a different result every time. So Yeah. That yeah, that's so weird. That just makes you think any anything is possible. Uh if the kid pops out and doesn't look like you, that doesn't mean he's not you. Or not yours, I should say. Yeah. Uh that's, I have a weird. I have a cousin of mine and she had twins. And I think they they were fraternal because of what I'm about to tell you. And they're both like she and her husband are both Hispanic, uh, but she's like a very light skinned Hispanic, and he's like a, a decent, like just a like a darker shade of brown. And their twins came out, one of them like really light, and one of them pretty dark. Uh, and so, uh-huh. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, there's just some variation there, um, just because it's a it's called a polymorphic gene. Uh huh. And polymorphic genes are genes that are, are their traits, uh, maybe they're, they're, I said polymorphic trait, they're traits that are not determined by just one specific gene, they're determined by like a whole slew of them. Um, and this this normally goes for like height and uh, body shape and skin color. So that way, like if you have a really light mother and a really dark father or vice versa, you can come out kind of like intermediately mixed dark, you know, you don't have to be one or the other. Uh-huh. Or you can have a height that's not as tall as your father, but not as short as your mother, you know, so mm-hmm. exactly. it can kind of mix like that. So come out a little espresso. Exactly. <laughs> um, Give it a good hey, old shake. So I, I recently read a book that um, featured this and I wondered if it was real. Have you ever heard of twins having two different fathers? Yes, that does happen. I had no idea that was a thing, and it turns out it's it, it could be. I guess I don't think there's ever been like a consensus or a true study of it, but it could be upwards of like one in every four hundred sets of fraternal twins. Um, that that was insane to me. That blew my mind that that was a possibility. It's 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 really rare because it has to be a specific circumstances where two eggs are released and the person happens to have two partners in a very short window of time and fertilizes them both by different parents. By different parents. I was going to say, because I remember growing up learning that as soon as one got fertilized, the others had some sort of internal implosion mechanism that did away with them. Uh, Uh, Yes, that is true. Uh, But in some people and in some circumstances, those things fail. And so that's what you get to. Huh. That's super interesting. There's also the possibility you can get pregnant while pregnant. Um, you can be like six months pregnant and then okay. get pregnant. Wait a minute. No. It's when you're... <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I know. This has happened. It's it's when for like your body has a button to stop releasing eggs, but like you said, or whatever, things can it, go wrong it can and it releases fail. an egg and you can get pregnant. And so the pregnancies are at different terms. Uh, they're different. Sorry. Uh, they're going along at different times, but they're still there. Can, can they be both carried to full term? In general, only one survives. Especially in modern times, what they'll do is they'll normally just, for the safety of both the mother and and the, and the, the, both the children. The further the, developed the more, one. Uh-huh. The more fully, yeah, they'll, they'll kind of like, hey, we need to. Because in most of those instances, the it, the child attaches to the, the budding fetus uh, because they're kind of in the same proximity. And so even if they're both growing healthily when the first one is born it'll take the second one with it and just you know kill it unfortunately holy cow so to avoid complications they'll normally just do this called like a partial abortion they'll just kind of get rid of the little one uh-huh um, but there have been instances where they have both been carried out to full term and they have siblings that are just like a few months apart and that's that, that is insane possible. that's insane to me man i thought i was safe for those nine months Oh, no, you're not. No, oh, my never. gosh. I'm never <laughs> going to feel comfortable again. Holy uh, crap. One of my... <laughs> yeah, and there's also... There, and this is... There's a second possibility, which is, again, even more rare, where uh, uh, a woman or any man, this happened with men too, they can have two distinct u- uteri, like two uteruses. Uh-huh. And since they're kind of really close to each other, you might not even know. Uh, you might... There might just be like... Just one on top of the other one. And there was a case where a woman got pregnant in both uteruses at different times because she wasn't aware that she had two. Uh-huh. 
And so, like, yeah, well, again, she she was pregnant while pregnant, but then it wasn't because her body released a second egg from the same uterus. Her second uterus released an egg, and that one got fertilized, too. That is insane. And that That, one, I think... That's got to be super rare, right? It's, yeah, it's, again, extremely rare. (laughs) Uh, Again, not because, like, having uh, an abnormality in your reproductive system is not quite as uncommon as you would like to think. No, I wouldn't imagine it is, but that's, like... Another level. But it's, well, yeah, and it's mostly because if there is any, the vast majority of, um, like, differences in your reproduction that's not quote-unquote normal, it, for the vast majority of time, it doesn't really make a big difference. Uh, you can have, as the popular TV show King of the Hill, uh, Hank Hill, he has a, a, a narrow <laughs> urethra. <laughs> uh, I don't think which, I remember that. Oh, he like says it all the time. Uh, oh, I'm really? only saying that because I more recently got into King of the Hill, and it, it's 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 an old show, but I think it's pretty funny. Uh huh. And, and it's the first episode he says it, and he says really? it all the time. So, <laughs> so I got a narrow urethra. <laughs> okay, so so what happens with that? Uh, and so he, it's really hard for them to conceive a child, and so that they have one is kind of like not a miracle, but really lucky, and uh-huh. they can't have any more. Um, but again, like, yeah, that's things like that are fairly common where you wouldn't even notice it unless something weird happens. Uh, so like you or I could have a defect in a reproductive system and it's so small, it doesn't really matter. It's like, yeah, that we um, wouldn't even know. And then, yeah. And then the next common thing is that it, there is a problem and it's very like, it's very detrimental. Like, oh, great. You're, it's really hard for you to conceive a child or even you're sterile. Like, you're because sterile. This, yeah. Your abnormality is, is so strange. It's not common to have an abnormality that is so strange, but you're still 100% fertile. Like like that woman who had two uteruses. Normally, if you have like a uterus and a half, like either only one of them works or the second one kind of hinders the first one. It's very rare to have two fully functioning reproductive sets uh-huh. uh, because normally if there's a problem, it destroys both. Now, but, yeah. so what, what about now? What about the opposite? Like over fertility is that like uh in how, how should i say this is that made possible by like drugs like you see these super moms that had octuplets uh <laughs> you know you know what i mean yeah uh it's funny because i've been talking about it so when you think things like octomom that did not happen naturally like, yeah i was gonna say is a lot of that just drugs that is drugs and drugs that is no I, octomom is in vitro fertilization so okay. what happened is if you're having problems uh, conceiving a child, what they might do is they might uh, extract some of the ovum or the eggs, and then they'll, outside of the human body, they'll fertilize the eggs, and then they'll put them back in. So that's called in vitro fertilization. And that's normally because the immune system has a problem with maybe the male genetic material, like it attacks it, and therefore... It just says no. Get out. Yeah, Get it just says no. Uh-huh. No, like we do not allow this. Um, and uh-huh. so, but once it's been fertilized, the body's like, "Oh, this is safe," and so you just need to do that. And generally, when and this happens with almost every or uh, every couple that goes through this, they'll 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 extract like a dozen eggs and they'll fertilize as many of them as they can, and they'll stick all of them back in because what normally happens is like only one or two will attach out of the dozen. Uh huh. And because it it like the body. It's very sensitive and it doesn't like it when you have a surgery and suddenly you're pregnant. Um, and so that normally you only get one or two kids. But it happened with Dr. Mom where all like all eight of them stuck. And That's insane. A, and again, what they normally do is like, hey, you got eight in there, like which is or maybe five or six or four. Like, hey, I know you probably don't want this many. We can do again a partial abortion. We can scoop out, you know. A few of them, or all, all of them, but one or two, and then you have a more normal pregnancy. But uh-huh. Octomom was like, "No, I want to be a monster. I, w- I want to be a mansion-sized woman. Holy I want to make a bunch of money off of this reality TV star status." I was and, gonna say, yeah. I wonder how she fed all those mouths. TV, baby. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, that's how it has to be. That TV. was literally the only way. <laughs> yeah, there's no way that there's like. I mean. <laughs> It's so like just funny. the logistics of it doesn't make any sense. Like uh-huh. it just, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the reason why. Um, there okay. are fertility drugs; they do work. They don't tend to work in the way that they 
they cause a bunch of eggs to release at once. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think they sometimes can induce twins uh, being born because, again, there's just that 1% of people who are so sensitive to it that they release two eggs instead of one. But again, that's not like crazy. That's like mm-hmm. having twins is not an, ab- an abnormality uh, for yeah. most people. So, yeah, I guess I thought it was drugs because I, I don't know if you've seen it, but there there's a Sim- Simpsons episode where I think Apu's wife gets pregnant with like seven kids and was like, how did this happen? I was only <laughs> slipping it into your coffee every morning. And then somebody's like, oh, oh I, I put it in her sandwich. I put it in her squishy. <laughs> I put it heck? in this. And like, it turns out everybody was just pumping her with these pregnancy inducing oh, yeah. drugs. So, yeah. Uh, that actually, that's very, that's very dangerous. <laughs> Uh, if you can, you can overdose on hormones. Be very careful <laughs> with things like that. Yeah, don't don't follow the Simpsons. Yeah, never slip anyone drugs. I think for almost any reason, the exception being like your dog when they have to go to the vet, right? Like that's like the only reason why you should unknowingly give something a drug. Like, <laughs> is that the only reason? Uh, yes, Morgan. Elaborate on a good it is. reason. Uh-huh. It is. <laughs> Tell me more. It is. No, do I know? Okay, this this just went dark. But one of the Tell hardest me. things I ever had to witness was my great grandmother back in like 2001. Uh, she was passing away. She was on her deathbed and mm-hmm. she just wanted to go. I hated it because like from age five to six or five to six from a from from birth <laughs> a whole to year. age six. The only thing I remember from like that period of my childhood was going to my grandparents for Christmas. They would always have someone dress up as Santa. My great grandmother would sit on Santa's lap and be like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? And she'd be like, I just want to die. And I was like me being three, four or five years old. I'm like, that's not what you say to Santa. Like... I, horrifying. So finally, it, it came time for her to move on. And I think I said 2001. I think it was more like 2006 or seven. Because now that I think about it, I think I was like 12. And um, she was refusing medication, refusing to take painkillers, refusing. She just wanted to go. And I just remember her like fighting doctors and like she couldn't speak anymore she could hardly breathe and so when you say like force somebody to take drugs i don't know why it made me think of that maybe you just want to cut this whole thing out but that was a very dark moment watching her refuse things that were supposed to ease her in the pain and she just wanted to go it was super sad Sorry to kill the podcast. <laughs> yeah, let me try to revive it. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I feel like it's an, it's a very important issue in like should people have the choice of when they die, right? And I think as has as time has gone forward, I think we've come to the kind of acceptance of. Yeah, in a lot of circumstances, I think it would be better um, if we could decide. I mean, now it's really hard because uh-huh. like, people can have mental health issues. You know, you can have a perfectly healthy, you know, thirty-year-old going to doctor's office like, "Hey, I want to die. I want to be assisted suicided over here." Um, I think that's a very different case than a seventy-eight or ninety-year-old woman with a chronic, painful disorder, or disease. irreversible, and yeah. like, you know what? I think it's my time. Yeah, irreversible. And I think I agree with, I think that the word as a nation, it hasn't really come up in popular opinion because Uh it's a very small thing. But in the medical community, uh, like doctor assisted suicide is becoming more and more of an acceptable like thought. Like, hey, this should become legal. And in some states it is legal. I think Oregon, it's legal. Um, So Oregon? I I accept Oregon. In fact, there's a lot of people who they go to Oregon just to have that, you know. Uh, kind of sad because like they can't be near their home or their relatives uh-huh. they have to go somewhere really far away but yeah uh so but yeah no that's definitely again like one of the more like the morals and ethics of how do we want to go and it's hard because some people like you said they'll go in kicking and screaming and you're like well this isn't right either right like forcing them to stay alive when they very obviously have yeah. good reasons to not want to 
Um, and like for you, seeing your grandmother in it was that horrific. state, like you know, it's I wouldn't quite say traumatizing, no, but it yeah, hurts, it was, right? It's like it was not sucks. a good day. I don't want to deal with that. Not a good period for quite a while. It sucked. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. Um, which is which is why I'm always in favor of never, almost never outlawing medical practices, even when for the vast majority of time you wouldn't need to use them. Uh-huh. Uh, at least the option is there. And so I'm always very cautious when someone's like, oh, we're going to ban this procedure. I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't agree that everyone should have this procedure, but I also don't think that it should never. Yes. I think that's a distinct difference. Yeah, no. Meeting certain requirements, I could see. And it would be a very, very like uncommon exactly. thing, I would imagine. Um, which, yeah, and I think it's really interesting because people in their mind, once you legalize something, it seems to be people are like, well, then like it's going to happen all the time. I'm like, no. No, not, not really. really. Like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh-huh. like, like, yeah, just because something's legal doesn't mean that it's going to be mandatory. The valley is going to smell like marijuana. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. A lot of people are like, it's going to be crazy. And then it's like, you know, other states legalize it. And they're and like, it's like what? it's not even that big of a deal. And then it's like, like this <laughs> isn't cool to do anymore. Let's go over to opioids. But <laughs> That's one of my, yeah, especially in, yeah, in the state we live in, we have uh-huh. a huge opioid crisis. Yeah. Because of that. Because it's so hard to find other forms of recreation. So like, I wonder what my grandmother has in her medicine cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in in Canada, they legalized cannabis. I think a few years ago, and they've been studying, and they found like teen usage has dropped by like fifty percent because it's not cool anymore. Legalized what? Uh, because legalized uh, marijuana. Marijuana. It's okay, also yeah. called can- yeah cannabis, cannabis. Is like the very you know politically like respectful term of it, but it's like yeah marijuana. Uh huh. Yeah, teen usage went down quite a bit, and they're like, yeah, because once you legalize something, like it's. Like sneaking around, getting it from your like your friend or whatever. Like it's the fun is taken out of it. Like uh-huh. <laughs> you can just go to the store and buy it. It's not as cool. So yeah, it's pretty funny. We uh we you know I work in construction and we recently built a dispensary in Nevada. Oh yes, and uh, we built this dispensary. So and one of the guys that we hired to go out there and do it, they um. They were like super excited that we were doing it. There's like an age limit. And this this guy, like basically a kid, I think he was just turned 17. He couldn't have legally gone in and gotten anything. But he was like stoked that we built it and went like so excited. And then like right when it was done, he quit. I don't know if he thought he was going to get some kind of what? in on it. But uh, no. from what I hear, some of, the, some of the guys stay in touch with him and he attempted to... <laughs> get some from it but but no it's kind of funny oh jeez. Yeah. i don't know anyways little side story cool story bro yeah no i feel like yeah there's like there's something like cool about it and everything but i think like kind of during prohibition in the united states where we outlawed alcohol which is crazy to think about that is crazy like it was it was just so common for everyone just to drink it anyway like you go to a fancy restaurant and if you are of a people knew you, you can literally just order it, and they're like, okay, like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like the mayor would show up, and he'd be like, oh yeah, I love brandy, you know. It's just such a weird thing that it makes it just like a, it doesn't really. I'm trying to think because like outlawing things, I don't think is like universally a bad idea. Like there's definitely things that should be outlawed. Uh-huh. Uh, but I feel like once a certain number of people, like it's such a common thing, even in, in the United States, it's still a federal crime. There's still most states don't allow it uh, yet. Uh, it's still such a like a, a st- like it's so common to hear people like in podcasts or in movies or TV or anyone. They're like, oh, yeah, like I've had weed. And uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, it's illegal. But like it's like it's very easy to find someone that's done it. Right. Yeah. And so I think. Once it becomes that common, you should be like, you know what, guys, we should just like legalize it because like people are they're doing it right. Like it, it's over. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in a democracy, people decide the laws. So it's just like yeah, if everyone wants it. This past election, a ton of a ton of states have even ones like Mississippi. I think legalized uh, medical marijuana, which is you know, kind of wild to think about. Mississippi is like one of the most uh, conservative states we have. So. <laughs> All right, man. It's been good. That's not what you say to Santa.